cravings and I'll pour it all out if you would just worship me if you would just repent and make yourselves holy before me he'll open up the heavens and pour it all out can you imagine all of heaven all of heaven worship him the only one who's worthy you are worthy God the king of kings and lord of lords we worship you worship you
on and praise the Lord some more. Glory, glory, glory. Wow. Woo. I mean, oh, the Lord deserves his best even on Wednesday night, huh? Come on, give the Lord some more praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Mm. Would you turn to somebody and welcome them tonight? Just tell them, I am so glad you are here for Wednesday night Bible study. Hallelujah. We're ready to have some church up in here. Hallelujah. Great job. That's what you do when you have a bad day. That's right. Did you tell them that? No, okay. You need to tell them that. You heard that? The worship team says that's what you've got to do when you have a bad day. It's praise the Lord. Say, take that, devil. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you want to drive the devil crazy, just worship him when you should be complaining. Amen. Have a praise party instead of a pity party. Glory. It's good to see you all tonight. Glad you're here. Thank you for wanting to worship and love our God. Thank you for wanting to study the word. So we're glad you're here tonight. Want to make some quick announcements. Friday night's our men's meeting, men. If you're a men, you're invited Friday night for all men. No women allowed. I'm sorry. No women allowed. No, just men. It's our treehouse, and you have to stay out. So we're going to have fun Friday night. Bring a man-sized dish. Got one of my spiritual dads going to be sharing, and it's going to be so creative, and it's going to be a blessing to, to every one of us. So, so excited about this coming Friday. Uh, Sunday, Biblical Foundations at 9 o'clock is a need. It's right here in the first door to the left when you walk through this hall. All the tables are set up. Wonderful things being taught there to give you foundations. We have our trip uh, for Ben and Bev to go to Africa. They've got their tables set up in the foyer. Also, those missionaries that they're going to help is going to be here Sunday. This couple have been in the ministry. She's been in the ministry. She was, she was 12 years old, over 40 years of the ministry. Been on TV uh, God's blessed with a wonderful voice, stories of the orphanages, uh, ministering to the kids at the dumps. It's, it's just everything, 120 churches. It's just going to be a tremendous Sunday, both services this coming Sunday. So I want to encourage you to come, be here. It, it's, gonna, it's just going to enlighten you and bless you. And, of course, if you're visiting for the first time, please fill out some cards so we know how to stay in touch with you. And we're so honored to have you here visiting with us. And uh, pray you'll come back. And just, uh, just the worship's worth coming back for. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Today in the devotion, I love this in Psalms 36, David is saying, Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens, and your faithfulness reach beyond the clouds. Your righteousness is like mighty mountains, and your justice like the ocean dips. You care for people and animals alike, O Lord. How precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds shelter in your wings. I love this in verse 11. Listen to this. Maybe, like she was saying, if you had a day, listen to this. Don't let proud people trample me. I read that, and I knew somebody needed that today. Do you work with people who seem to trample all over you? Look what he goes on to say. Don't let the wicked push me around. Trample and pushed around. Come on. How many, don't raise your hand, works at a place like that called pushing trampling around for whatever reason most of the time it's because you got jesus in you most of the time it's because they're miserable most of the time it's because they're bullying or they've been bullied most of the time victims victimize whatever reason it may be david said i understand what you're going through i understand what it feels to be trampled on and abused and pushed around 
But then it says in verse 12, look, they're fallen. They've been thrown down, never to rise again. Whatever you have to learn through this, you're going to learn it. You're going to grow from it. God's going to build character. And you're not always going to be the one to be pushed around. You're going to be the one to want to pick up. You'll remember what it's like to feel trampled and pushed. And when you see someone else is being treated that way, you're going to want to rescue them, help them, and encourage them. And so there's something about God teaches you compassion and mercy while you're going through jobs or businesses or studying, whatever it may be, where somebody's just really after you, trying to humiliate you. Then the Proverbs today says, Proverbs 21, whoever punishes, whoever pursues godliness and unfailing love will find life, godliness, and honor. The wise conquer the city and the strong level fortress in which they trust. In other words, even though you're being trampled and pushed at work, doesn't mean you're weak. It means God has opened the door for you to learn some wisdom to get through that, learn through that, and help other people going through those things. There's so many things when you're pushed down you can pick up to help somebody else when you get up to minister to them. So let God instill wisdom to you in those situations where you're asking yourself, what did I do to even reap this? Some people say, well, it must be karma. Not everything's karma. It's not everything that you sow that you're reaping. We live in a sin-cursed world. We live in a world where people did not necessarily have love and they don't understand love. We live in a world where people might have opened their lives to evil spirits. We live in a world where people are maybe dabbling in things they shouldn't. We don't know the reason behind it, but we have accountability that even as Christ was able to go on through what he went through, through those hard times, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit can help you through those times because I tell you, every time you're pushed and every time you're trampled, the devil don't know it, but you're just being set up for a promotion. Through all the Word of God, whenever you're trampled and pushed, it's a setup for a promotion. Sometimes the most humiliating of circumstances is just because God's getting ready to promote you. Don't quit, don't give up. Expect God's best in Jesus' name. So I want us to come forward and get ready to receive this evening's offerings and tithe. We're going to have some more of that worship. And we're, once again, we're so glad you're here. We bless you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, can I tell you guys a little story real quick? Just be real quick. And I'm not really sure why the Lord wants me to tell you this, but we're about to sing a song that a lot of you guys like. I really like it, too. I know it's one of Lizzie's favorites. Um... But the first time I ever sang this song, um, as, gosh, I think it was almost two years ago, and it was a Wednesday night, and it was a baptism, and I had just recently been been up here um, and been at this awesome church, and so I was really nervous, and I wasn't really used to these inner monitors, and, and the, the thing kept going, and, and I started to sing. And I had one ear out, and right behind Pastor, I heard someone say, Oh, my God. And I freaked out because I thought I sounded horrible. Like, I almost, I almost ran off the stage. And so I put in my other ear, and I said, I don't care. I don't care because I was, I was horrible with anxiety. Like, <laughs> Sister Cindy and Pastor can tell you people were not my strong suit. And so I put in my other ear, and I closed my eyes, and I just sang it. And I said, Lord, I don't care if I sound like poo. <laughs> I'm going to sing this song because this is an awesome song that I know we're supposed to sing. And I know that person just, just did that, and, and I'm a little scared, but I'm going to sing this song for you. 
And as we kept going, and as I got a little braver, I opened my eyes, and you guys were worshiping with me. And I realized, okay, <laughs> they don't hate me. <laughs> and ever since then, guys, I always think about that. You guys are, are the, not the only ones, because I can't say that, because I have to be open to everyone. But you guys are really the only ones I would want to worship with. I love you guys. I really do. And I appreciate your, your heart for him. So if you haven't guessed, we're going to sing Oceans. So if you'd like to sing with me, I would love it. Because there's no one else I'd rather worship God with.
always in the presence of Him. You're never without His presence. He sees you where you are. He's calling you out. Just look at me. Just look straight at me and walk on these waters. Step out of the boat. Because I'm not there. He's saying, I'm not there. all man but he used this word that he lost a son and then he lost two marriages and then he ended up in prison and he said it was in prison I learned to cuddle with God it was in prison while prison his mother passed away he said I learned to cuddle with the word I learned to just crawl up in my daddy's lap and know that even in the midst of prison I wasn't alone that's what you're experiencing tonight in this whole place you're just getting up in daddy's lap you're just getting up in the father's lap and just letting him hold you let him cuddle you that's what he'll do with you with his word he wants you to know how valuable you are my brother brad you you had that picture on facebook of that gun case with all those guns is that yours no you wish yeah we all wish but how many know that you have a safe because you have valuables and you want your valuables to be safe God wants you to know that you're his value and he wants you to be safe. Just like that, that safe is for those guns or for money, the armor of God is for you. 
He's given us his armor so that his valued possession can be safe from all the wiles of the enemy. He wants your heart. He wants your spirit man protected. And, and so we want to study some things tonight. And there's something I want to read to you out of the uh, King James Version. And, I, and if you have pencil and paper, I want you to write this down. This is an important scripture. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. And we're encouraging you, if you want to, take some paper in front of you. Uh, find whatever you want. Uh, envelopes, whatever you want to take some notes, go ahead. As we're studying on this tonight. But I, I want you to get this. And I feel that Father really wants you to get this. That is so important. And uh, I'm going to start off here in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse, uh, verse 8. This is the King James Bible. It's the second part here. He says, And whosoever breaketh a hedge, a serpent will bite him. Or another translation says, Where there's a hole in the hedge. And how many know the hedge speaks of a wall of protection? When there's a hole in the hedge, when there's something that has opened a door for the enemy, the serpent bites. And there's something about keeping the armor of God on so that there's no place for the enemy. If there's no hole in my armor, there's no place for the fiery darts of the enemy to penetrate. Come on. If, if everything that's vital is protected in my life by the armor of God, there's no place for the enemy to be able to strike a killing blow. And so that's why it's important that we study this. And, and I'll give you another thing. God just gave me a picture and I want to give it to you about how important I believe this message is. How many remember the crash dummies on TV, the crash dummy commercials? And my kids even had the toys of the crash dummies. And all the commercials, and the commercials still, how many of you know that the commercials really show you how important it is to wear your seat belts? Can I hear an amen? amen. Commercials teach you, the crash dummies were to teach us how important it was to wear our seat belts. Now, many of you know, they would show what would happen if you wouldn't wear your seatbelts. Tonight, I'm going to show you some biblical videos of what happens when you do not wear the armor of God. I'm going to show you right out of the word of God some lives that didn't start off bad, but ended bad. Because they took the armor of God off. And just like you pay attention to those uh, the, a crash dummy and not wearing your seatbelt commercials. We need to pay attention to the word of God tonight about how important it is to protect that which God values in us. Amen, church. So it says, where there's a hole in the hedge, the serpent will bite. And I want to start off in Luke chapter 22. And I want you to see this out of the word tonight. Luke chapter 22, verse 31. Peter, uh, Jesus is warning Peter and the disciples here. And in Luke 22, verse 31, Jesus says, Simon, Simon, Satan. Now, people don't want to accept that there is a devil, but Jesus spoke more about the devil than he did about a lot of things. And he says, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. And when you have repented and turned to me again, how many are thankful for the word again? When you have turned to me again, strengthen your brother. The message translation says, Simon, stay on your toes. Stay on your toes. Satan has tried his best to separate all of you from me, like chaff from wheat. Simon, I've prayed for you in particular that you will not give in or you will not give out. When you've come through the time of testing, when you've come through the time of testing, you want to quit and give up and give in, turn to your companions and give them 
a fresh start. God is going to give you something out of this. And so there's here that God's telling Peter, I'm praying for you that your faith will not. Have you ever saw that movie, Mighty Joe Young, the old version and the new version? When the big old gorilla ape grabs that person by the ankles and shakes them. That's what the devil wants to do with Peter. And that's what he wants to do with you. Grab you by your ankles to shake everything that can be shaken. That's what that word sift means. That word sift also means to uh, take away, to shake, to agitate, to disperse. And that's why we need the army of God. Greg, if you go ahead and put that picture up right quick. I want to show you this picture. Before Cody went in, into boot camp, y'all forgive me for this, but I took him to see a Dallas Cowboys game for Thanksgiving. And if you look, you can see Co Cody has the old-fashioned leather-type helmet on. How many of you know those men had to be brave and crazy to play football and that type of a helmet? I mean, those helmets had no face mask. How many know there's a big difference between the, those helmets in the 1930s compared to the helmets of today? And so he was wearing that helmet and made me think how important, and we're going to see tonight, how important it is to invest in the whole armor of God, but not just invest in the armor of God, but get the best that there is. I don't want a helmet like that. I want the best helmet there is to protect me against those three, 400-pound guys who might be jumping on my head. And so I want to give you something nice so you see how important it is to invest in the word, invest into the, every part of the, this armor so that you can be protected so that you will not have a hole in the hedge and the serpent will not bite you. Amen. So Peter here was being sifted. I want you to go to Judges chapter 16 and let's look at somebody else that did not keep their armor on. Say armor. They did not keep the armor of God on. Judges chapter 16 verse 20. Judges chapter 16, verse 20. And she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to camp capture you. And listen to this. When he woke up, somebody say woke up. We're going to find this all through scripture. Everybody who didn't have their armor on was asleep. Everyone who didn't have their armor on and did not live to their potential had fallen asleep. And Paul is going to say, wake up. Peter had fell asleep. Samson fell asleep. And when it, he woke up this final time, it was too late. The armor of God is so important. And when he woke up, he thought, I'll do as before and shake myself free. But he didn't realize the Lord had left him. So the Philistines captured him, gouged out his eyes. They took him to Gaza where he was bound with bronze chains and forced him to grind grain in the prison. How many of you know he lost his eyes? He lost his mantle. And he ended up losing his life because he lost his armor. If Samson would have kept the helmet of salvation on, if he would have protected his thoughts. Come on, church. If he would have kept the helmet on, if he would have kept his shield up, against the thoughts and against his own natural desires. If you would have kept the armor of God on the natural man as well as the spiritual man, he would have never ended up in such a humiliating place because he had fallen asleep and took the armor of God off. He took his breastplate off. When you start looking at the different parts of the armor that Samson took off and you find his end, this, these are crash dummy commercials for us to say, keep your armor on like you're supposed to keep your seatbelt on. The armor of God will keep you running and keep you winning. 
It's when we get relaxed. It's when we get through a, 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 a war and it's, we think we can take it easy and we can take pieces of the armor off and we don't have to get in the word or prayer and we don't have to go to church. That's when we get in dangerous territory where we're liable to fall asleep and before you know it, we forgot to put the piece of weapon that we need the most. So I want you to look at another one with me. I want you to look with me in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16. And we don't have time tonight, but I wanted to go over different parts of the armor that I was going to ask you to respond that they took off. But let's just read these real quickly. 1 Samuel 16 verse 14. Now when the spirit of the Lord had left Saul... And the Lord sent a tormenting spirit that filled him with depression and fear. Some of Saul's servants said to him, a tormenting spirit from God is troubling you. Let us find a good musician to play the harp. Whenever the tormenting spirit, three times it speaks about a tormenting spirit troubles you, he will play soothing music and you will be well again. And they found a brave warrior, a brave man, and his name was David. And so we see here that he has a tormenting spirit. And then go with 1 Chronicles chapter 10 with me. 1 Chronicles chapter 10. 13. So Saul died because he was unafraid, unfaithful to the Lord. He died because why? He was unfaithful to God. He had took the helmet and the breastplate and the sword of truth and the shield of faith off. He was unfaithful to the Lord and failed to obey the Lord's command. And he even consulted a medium, a witch. And instead of asking God for guidance, so the Lord killed him and turned the kingdom over to David's son, Jesse. The message translation says, Saul died because of disobedience. Disobedient to God. He didn't obey God's words. Instead of praying, he went to a witch to seek guidance. Because he didn't go to God for help, God took his life and turned the kingdom over to David, Jesse, son of Jesse. Once again, we find somebody that ended up, who had a call on their life, was a great anointed person of God, but they lost it because they took the armor of God off. Saul would have never dreamed when Samuel anointed him that he would have been consulting a witch the end of his life. And not only did he do, listen to this, disobedience would not only make you fall asleep and commit spiritual suicide, but it led him to a depressing area where he committed natural suicide. When Saul was anointed king, he never would have dreamed that he would have committed, took his own life by falling on his own sword. But by not being careful and slowly losing one piece of armor at a time, it opened him up for spiritual suicide as well as natural. And these are warnings for us, the church, as we get into in the end times, as Paul's going to say about waking up, because you know the hour we live in. As we know that we're in a time where we're doing war and there's conflict and there's things going on, we as a church, we cannot allow ourselves to get to an area of being relaxed and be at ease, that everything's going to be okay in our life if we just take it easy, but make sure that we're learning about the armor of God and keeping it on. Can I hear an amen? We have to be careful of these things. Look with me in 1 Kings chapter 11. 1 Kings chapter 11. First Kings 11, verse 1. I'm going to read this in the message translation. We talked about the strongest man in the world. His name was what? Samson. Samson took his armor off. He fell asleep. And it cost him his life. It cost him his ministry of being the judge over Israel for 15 years. 
We talked about Saul, the first king of Israel. Now we want to talk about the wisest man in the world. First King chapter 11, King Solomon was obsessed with women. This is the message translation. He was obsessed with women. He took his helmet and his breastplate off. Pharaoh's daughter was only the first of many foreign women he loved. He took them from surrounding pagan nations of God that had clearly warned Israel, you must not marry them or they will seduce you into serving their gods. And Solomon fell in love with them anyway. Somebody say anyway. This is a video. It happened to the wisest man. It can happen to anyone if we don't keep the helmet of salvation on. He refused to listen to God. Saul refused to listen to God. Samson refused to listen to God. And he had 700 wives. In fact, it says 1,000 women in all. That man had a big problem. And they did, and they did seduce him away from God. And listen to his testimony. As Solomon grew older, his wives beguiled him with their alien gods, and he became unfaithful. He openly, he openly defiled God, and he did not follow his father David's footsteps. And he built shrines for these wives, and he polluted the countryside with the smoke and the stench of their sacrifices, including human sacrifices. God was furious with Solomon for abandoning the God of Israel. And God, listen to his testimony, the God who appeared twice to him and so clearly commanded him, do not fool around with other gods. Solomon faithlessly disobeyed God's orders. And God said to Solomon, since this is the way it is with you, and you have no intention of keeping the faith with me and doing what I've commanded you, I'm going to Rip the kingdom right out of your hand. Wow. There's some videos that show what can happen if you're texting while driving. They're pretty uh, eye-opening. There's things that show you people going through the windshield for not wearing their seatbelts. It's pretty eye-opening. These are scriptures showing us it's pretty eye-opening if we don't keep our armor on. Yes, thank God we are saved. But being saved does not mean that we're not in a battle and we do not need to protect what God has redeemed. And we see these stories where God is telling you these things. And so go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. I'm going to be showing you how later on prayerfully how to put the armor of God on as we continue to study. But I wanted to, I felt inspired to do this today. In 2 Timothy 2 verse 26. Look what it says here. Then they will come to their senses and escape. Somebody shout, escape. escape. Look at your never say, escape. escape. Escape from the devil's trap. When you put the armor of God on, you're more likable to escape from the devil's trap than, than not having it on at all. For it says, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. How many do not want to obey Satan? Come on, how many? Let him hear. You are not born again to obey Satan. Can I hear an amen? We've been transferred and our God is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. We're not going to obey Satan. But it says here there are those that, that they become dull to their senses or they fall asleep in their senses. And if they fall asleep in their, their senses, then like Samson, like Solomon, like Saul, they end up waking up in the enemy's territory. This is strong. But you're here on Wednesday night because you want to study the Word of God. And these are things to wake us up and help us see that this, like, 
Cody was a poser football player. But there are no poser Christians that are going to make it. We have to stay with the armor of God. Now look with me in 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8. Look what it says here in New Living Translation. Stay alert. Stay alert. Watch out for the great enemy. The Bible calls him a great enemy. He's nothing to be ignored. Watch out. Stay alert for the great enemy. The devil is prying around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and strong in your faith. Can I hear an amen? amen. Stay alert. How many know if you heard a lion outside of your house, you probably wouldn't go out the door? I wouldn't. Well, I don't want to get out of the armor because I see I have an enemy that can chew me up alive if I don't have the armor of God on. And I want to take it for advantage that God's going to, in his mercy, is just going to keep keeping me when I keep going places that there is no hedge or protection to keep me safe. And that I can keep doing what I want to do and go where I want to go. And I have all the, oh, the, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So I'm just going to keep going, doing what I want to do. Not if you're doing it God's way. He says they didn't obey me and they died. Disobedience is the sin of witchcraft. So there's strong warnings here about being careful. And so quickly look at Romans chapter 13. I'm running out of time here. Romans chapter 13. So important to keep the armor of God. It doesn't matter how long we've all been saved. Solomon had served the Lord all of his life and seen the greatest things ever and still lost it in his old age. Romans 13 verse 11, look what it says. This is all the more urgent. Wow, urgent. For you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up. Somebody shout out, wake up. For our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes. Remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor. Here it is. Put on the shining armor. The anointing that left Samson, the anointing that left Saul, the anointing that left Samson is the anointing on the armor of God that is able to keep the enemy at bay. Put on the shiny armor. Of right living because we belong to the day we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties, drunkenness, or sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling jealousy. Instead, clothe yourselves with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge in your evil desires. In other words, put the helmet on so you don't allow yourself to think of ways. How can I sin even better? Oh, I missed those days when I could do this and do that. Oh, didn't it feel good to, to, to do this and do that? Don't indulge yourself. Don't permit even the thought of what used to give your flesh pleasure. That's the helmet of salvation. We need to wake up and we need to get dressed. Can I hear an amen? We don't have time, but in Acts chapter 19, verse 13 and 16, just for your notes, Acts 19, 13 and 16, there was these men who thought they'd go around exercising demons. And they came up to this man. They said, in the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches, we command you to leave them. And the demon in this man jumped on all seven of them and, took, and beat them up and sent them off running naked. They knew the name, but they didn't have the armor. I'm sure their lives weren't matching their word. And the devil looked at them and said, you're going to cast me out? 
And the demon-possessed man beat all seven of them up. And there's power behind the power of demonic forces. That's why we don't play with them. That's why we don't entertain demonic spirits. That's why we don't allow a hedge, a hole in the hedge, because of watching some type of, excuse me, demonic movie. Horror movies glorify Satan. Horror movies glorify the power of demons and witchcraft and Satanism. And you have no reason to be watching anything that glorifies Satan. You should only watch things that glorify God. Don't allow thinking that's innocent. That's innocent. Anything that glorifies the power of Satan is not innocent. Jesus destroyed Satan. That's all I've got to say about it. I don't have to see anything that exploits his power. The power belongs to the blood, the name, and the word of Jesus alone. We don't play with those things. We're careful about those things. Now, I only have time for one more Bible video. Because I read to you some Old Testament. Everybody's going, well, that's the God of the Old Testament. Well, okay, if that's you. Then let me read one more story in the New. Acts chapter 5. Somebody here, a couple, took their armor off. A man named Ananias and his wife, Sapphira, conceiving in this with him, sold a piece of property, secretly kept part of the piece for himself, and then brought the rest of the apostles and made an offering of it. Peter said, Ananias, how did Satan, how did Satan get you to lie to the Holy Spirit and secretly keep back part of the price of the field? Before you sold it, it was all yours. And the, price, and the money was all yours to do as you wish. So what got into you? What got into you to pull a trick like this? You, you didn't lie to men, but to God. And Ananias, when he heard these words, fell down dead. What could get you to the point where you're lying to yourself and you're lying to the Holy Spirit and you're lying to God and you believe you're getting away with it? How, what made you get to that point? You took the helmet of salvation off and you allowed the enemy to speak to your mind or the breastplate off to speak to your heart, the shield of faith. That put the fear of God in everyone who heard of it and the younger men went right to work, wrapped him up and carried him out to bury him. Not more than three hours later, his wife, knowing nothing of what happened, came in. Peter said, tell me, were you going to give the price of this field? Yes, she said, that price. Peter responded, what is going on here that you conceive to conspire against the spirit of the master? The men who buried your husband are at the door and you're next. No sooner than the words were out of his mouth that she fell down dead. When the young men returned, they found a body. They carried her out and they buried her beside her husband. Wow. And you say, well, you know, that's not very positive. Well, there's nothing positive about the enemy. Just go check out ISIS. Is there anything positive about ISIS? Can you say one good thing about them? No, they're the enemy. Satan is an enemy. And you give him an inch, he will take your life. Not a foot. He will take your life. And these are stories tonight. That I hope you see as we've been studying the armor of God and we're getting ready to get into the details of it and, 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 and spiritual warfare. These are things not to ignore and take lightly. These are things to get in the word of God and study because, man, all I can say is, wow, the armor is necessary. 
And, you know, we, ha- we have a son who- who's been out for over two weeks in the field. And there's pictures of him, his helmet and his breastplate and his old armor on and his Bradley with the extra stuff on and everything. I want to know my son is protected. I can go to sleep at night because he's learned how to use his weapons and he's learned how to wear his armor. God wants to rest at night knowing that you are learning how to wear the armor of God on you. Can I hear an amen? Amen. That wherever you go, you're covered. You're protected. Because you're the life that he gave his life that you may live. So tonight, I want you to realize how important it is. Just like I said, like the Lord just showed me with the seatbelt and the the commercials of wearing the seatbelts and not texting while you're driving, not texting while you're drunk. Church, it's so important that we, the body of Christ, realize the day we're living in. And I've talked to another man this week, that, and, and it's happened before, that could have died in their sin and not had a second chance. We do not want to wake up in the lap of Delilah. We do not want to live the life the Lord has blessed us with and then at the end some foolishness bring us to the point to where we're disobeying God and we've gone a whole different route than he called us to the same God that appeared to us in word and visions and worship we've sensed his presence we can't leave this place after this type of worship and go contaminate it with something that doesn't fulfill or refresh our spirits at all There's a revival coming to wake up America. But I I say, why get to the point where you have to be awakened? Why not stir up the gift now? Why not start stirring ourselves up in a personal revival, drawing the circle around ourselves and saying, I'm going to have revival. And I'm not going to die in the captivity of what maybe generations before died in. I'm not going to lay my head in the lap of the enemy. I'm going to obey the word of God. I'm going to keep those thoughts that keep saying, yeah, but the flesh, the flesh, the flesh. The flesh will always tell us things, and the flesh will always try to take control of us. But how many of we have control over the flesh? Because we do not want to die in our sin. Come on, church. Yes, this is a holiness message, and yes, we believe in holiness because holiness brings the glory. Holiness protects the anointing. Holiness keeps us safe. And so that's why I wanted to share with you tonight as we get into this, the importance, the importance of, of the armor of God. Because it will keep you alive. It will keep you going to the next place. And so I pray tonight, all of us take this as serious as it really is. That I need to get to know my armor. I need to get to know my weapons. I've got to learn how to use the sword in the left hand and the right. I've got to become a mighty person, a mighty man and woman of God, and how to yield war with the enemy. Can I hear an amen? Would you stand, please? Hallelujah. It's quiet in here. A lot to think about, huh? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. And, Lord, we do cry out as it will be cried through eternity that you are holy. You are holy. You are holy. And tonight, Father God, 
baptize us in a spirit of holiness. The baptism of holiness, Father. Submerge us with a righteous anger to sin and a holy love for righteousness and obedience to your will. Give us the fervency and the spirit to stand against everything our flesh tells us we need and learn to say the type of no that causes the enemy's knees to buckle under knowing no, this time we mean it. The no means no, not maybe. The no means maybe the old me fell for that, but the new me comes against you in Jesus' name. Give us the spirit of holiness and righteousness to stand and to be strong as the enemy walks around as a roaring lion seeking who have left the armor off. I pray, give us the boldness to stand. Sanctify us in your holiness. Sanctify our thoughts, our minds, and our hearts. May we have a desire and see the importance that you told us in Ephesians 6 to stand and to keep the armor of God. In Romans 13, knowing the time is short, to put on the whole armor of God. That we can stand against the walls of the enemy. Father, I thank you that you are faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness and all sin. And all together tonight, we repent of anything we might have said, anything we might have thought, anything we might have done wrong today. We desire to leave this place in holiness. We desire for you to renew our minds and renew our spirits within us. Cover us with your precious blood. Thank you for strengthening us to be able to stand and to walk according in total obedience to your word and be pleasing in your sight. Father, we yield ourselves to you. We do not yield to the flesh. We do not yield to the enemy. We yield to you, our spirit, our souls, our minds, our bodies, our temples. We yield to you. Give us discernment to know areas of our life that where the hedge may be weak. Help us to rebuild those walls. Give us a, the spirit of discerning. Give us knowledge and understanding to know areas that we need to, to hold back and, and cease from doing certain, certain things. Help us to go back and learn and study over these men. We quickly read and studied tonight that, Lord, we can see that, Father, even you said, watch out for the one who says he, he cannot sin or he will not sin, lest he fall. Let us walk in total humility that we don't know it all, we have not arrived, that we're still a work of the potters in progress. So, Father, we submit to your work and we thank you for renewing us and rebuilding us. I, break, I come against and break every stronghold, every wall, every temptation of the enemy that he has tried to use to bring your people down, our family. We come in the authority of the name of Jesus and we bind the tempter, the accuser, and the adversary. We bind all the work of the enemy in every way, every lineage of generational curses or any other doors that have been opened. We come against them in Jesus' name. We plead the power of the blood in the name of Jesus and command all strongholds, every form of addiction, every form of weakness in the flesh and the mind to be broken in Jesus' name. And we speak strength in those areas of weakness in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you for the breastplate to cover the heart's I thank you for the helmet of salvation to cover the thoughts and the mind, for we have the mind of Christ. I thank you for the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, the belt of truth, 
uh, are, are girdled about with righteousness. And I thank you, Lord God, for our feet shed with the preparation of peace. Thank you, Lord God, that all power has been given to us to trample upon the power of the enemy. And the enemy cannot trample upon us. The boat, the righteous boat is a lion and we shut the mouths of lions. I praise you, Father, for energizing those who've been in the thick of battle who are weary and wore out. I ask you to energize them and re-strengthen them and renew their strength tonight. Even as you told Peter, once he's repented and returned to strengthen his brothers, his comrades. We pray for those who have been in a battle. And we ask you right now, they may they return again. Even those here tonight, those listening in, in other form of communication, let them hear. May they return to the God who's waiting for them and willing to take them back and to clean them up and put the armor of God back upon them. That they will be able to stand and win this fight. I praise you that you give it as a spirit to triumph over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall harm us. I plead the blood over these people tonight, their children, their families, their homes. And I thank you that, Lord, the devil can find no place within them or with them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Praise God. Well, listen, I love you. We're going to have our prayer teams up here ready to pray with you, anoint you with oil. You be blessed. Go back, study the word of God. And uh, we're so glad you were here tonight. Don't forget, we'll see you Sunday morning, men. We'll see you Friday night. Love you guys. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.